Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Welcome to, back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your gracious host, Xavier, and today I got another crazy, crazy episode. As promised, when I when I did the last episode with this gentleman, I told him we got to do a part, so we got to bring it back. There's so much more we I feel like we need to discuss, and he's here. He's back in the show. It's my guy, Sean Mike. Welcome back, brother. I'm, I'm super excited to have you. Dude, I'm super excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me back in. The most definitely, man. I'm really looking forward to this. And before before we was recording, like I said, I got a lot of things I want to discuss. But just real briefly, real quick, we was talking about Rolexes. And mm-hmm. you said how growing up, it's something that you always, you like watches. But you say you had a teacher. You tell the story yourself. What did the teacher tell you? So I had, when we, when we I was growing up, we uh my mom raised us and when you like if you knew where we lived you knew we didn't have any money i mean it wasn't complicated like it was a subsidized apartment complex so my mom went rich and i was in class um my english class and i had to write a poem on something i don't even know what topic was and it was a rolexes i was like matt rhyming with that right and my teacher handed it back to me and he's like you know gave me the grade and he's like by the way you have to understand those are really expensive and you'll never have one and i was like and the good news for me, man, is I never cared what my teachers thought at any age. Like, when I was, like, in kindergarten, in first, second grade, number <laughs> one, I was angry, didn't care. Then when I got to be, like, in fifth grade, I was like, oh, they don't make any money, and I want to make money. Like, I knew I, knew, I, really. I, I knew where they lived, too. Like, they didn't live where I lived, but they didn't live in big, badass houses either. So I was like, okay, they're not going to be a source of information for me, but I'm cool. So I didn't react to them, yell, scream. I was just, but I said to myself, I want a Rolex. I didn't know I'd ever want to watch. I'm like, I want a Rolex. I, and, and when I finally started, made enough money, I bought one. Then I started buying them because I was like, I'd go back to my Rolex guy. And I was like, dude, I still have this one. He's like, I can sell that one for this much. And I'm like, they always do that. He's like, yeah, it's supply and demand, man. There's only so many. It's only so many. So hold on to them. I've never sold one. I own about every one that they got. So it's, um, and, and you know, it's funny when, when I was trying to come up in business, and I think people make this mistake still today. I think they think, well, you know, it's not that way anymore. It doesn't matter. I was at a Dallas Cowboys game about a year ago, and I was trying to get on the field. And the dudes I was with kept coming up like, hey, dude, we don't have the field passes. We can't get down there. And they were dressed like I typically dress, shorts and T-shirt. And I said, hey, let's go back down. Just follow me. And they said, dude, they're going to stop us. I said, they won't stop a dude in a suit. And also, there's a dude in a suit, and there's a dude in a nice suit. Like, not that I look good, but it's a nice suit. It ain't a cheap suit. When I got my suits at Men's Warehouse, it looked like my grandfather was 30 pounds heavier and I wore his suit, <laughs> which said he ain't got no money. Because no right. you don't have to have any style when you have any kind of money. Somebody will go ahead and fit it for you. You don't yep. have any style. And we walked, and dude, people would stop me. I just said, just follow me. I just stayed on my phone. And they would stop me. I'd be like, what? hey, what's up, man? I just kept walking. Before you know, I was on the field. About half an hour into some security guard comes over and goes, you got your pass? And I was like, no, man, I left it upstairs. He's like, oh, man. I, and, like, was apologetic to make me leave. But I sat down for 30 minutes. And it's just, you can say what you want, but my Honda Accord was, was worth less than the first fitted suit I got. And I kept driving my Honda Accord because nobody in a business meeting said, hold on during the meeting. Let's go out and see what he's driving. And also, I have pretty good self-image, but... I, I like to feel comfortable in that setting. And most of the folks I was in front of looking to get money from at banks or private equity companies, they were dressed that way. So I was like, you know, why not go ahead and, and, and try to fit in before I fit in, if you will. Mm. You know, so I, that's how I've always been, man. So I, and I keep up, like trying to find stuff. Like my, my old, Steve Harvey's like my old, like I, I can no, never dress like him because he's a stud. 
But like, I found a guy finally. I was like, "Do you know where he gets those suits from?" Okay. And he was like, "Yeah." So I got fourteen of them in the same. Oh, they ain't. They, yeah, dude, you throw up. You find out how much them suits are. How much? Mine, seventeen to twenty grand a piece. A suit. A suit. Yeah, this was like about that. Seventeen, twenty grand a suit. Here's the other good thing: you get them fitted, you won't gain no weight. Because you will like, not okay. gain no weight, so you won't get any weight. You'll be like, I want to eat that, sense. but my suit. And he said, do you want me to? I said, no, don't don't leave anything open. Keep it like this. I ain't going to gain no weight. I'm not going to. I'm not going to screw these suits up. They're too expensive. So, and they're comfortable. Yeah. And they feel it feels okay. look, It looks comfortable. Hey, dude, I make me look a lot better than I actually look. It look, it look I need so all the help I can get. But I, I want to I continue on this conversation because I feel like um, – my generation, the generations younger, I'm, I'm almost 30. It feel like we kind of devalue the importance of carrying ourselves mm -hmm. appearance-wise. Like, like people downplay a suit a lot. Like my generation, like man, I ain't wearing no fucking suit. Mm -hmm. And it, what do you think about that? Because I, I, I believe everything you're saying. Your appearance is everything. When you dress nice, you get treated differently. I've seen this myself. When I'm walking in the bank, when I'm going anywhere, it could be the grocery store. It's just a different level of respect mm -hmm. that people going to give me just based on my appearance. But I feel like a lot of people kind of like. Well, fuck that. I don't care about that. What well, is like, that's a weird mentality yeah. to have, in my opinion. I, I think when I first came on your show, I wore what I typically wear 99% of the time, shorts and t-shirts. Right. But I earned the right to wear those. Mm. I mean, I, I went and started making that's money smart. where I wasn't going to be denied when I walked into the room. Those, let's take the insurance companies I work with. I would never have walked in there 15 years ago dressed like that. Not because, and you can go like, well, that's bullshit. They're being judgmental. Bro, you can talk about whatever you want. But the truth is the truth. Facts are facts. Numbers are numbers. So if you want to fight the machine, have at it, dude. I wasn't trying to be overly frustrated. I was trying to be overly successful. And I didn't think I was selling out to anybody or or, or being some kind of punk because I was dressed. And I felt better dressing nice. Yeah. So for me, I earned <laughs> the right to yeah. do that. Now, I will agree with you. Back when I was your age, dude, it's what everybody did. That's right. Right? And, and I think in today's world, I think, dude, once you've made your mark and you're doing your thing, have at it. But, you know, the guy said to me the other day, he says, man, well, so-and-so dresses like this. I said, bro, he's a professional athlete. This other one's a professional artist. You ain't neither one of those things. You would, you just, a, you're a person like the rest of us has the ability to go make a bunch of money. God didn't make you a professional athlete. He didn't make you a professional artist. So don't get it twisted. You can wear whatever you want when you have that kind of talent. The rest of us, we're working hard on what we were given and we're all competing with each other. So when we wake up in the morning, we're all competing with each other. We ain't competing with them dudes that can play like that. They can walk out of bed. Dude, out. they can wear whatever they want. Russell Westbrook can wear two hats, 12 ties. It don't matter. Bron James can wear what he wants. Pick any sport. Bryce Harper can wear what he wants. It don't matter. They have above average skill and talent. Snoop can wear what he wants the rest of his life. Whatever. Nobody will care. Nobody will care. But we, the rest of us, dude, we're in this arena competing against each other. And that's a good thing. I like that. Yeah. Why not give yourself an advantage? And and for me, I just wanted people to, if they were going to think about something when they met me, especially early on, imagine walking into a place and trying to negotiate a business deal. Now, again, take if you have special talent different, like you have a talent for this. You're very mm -hmm. humble, but you have a talent. You're very Thank talented. You. Thank you. That's You've probably, whether you knew it your whole life, you're talented. But if you don't have a special talent, Dude, you have to make sure you get an edge. I always want an edge. It's why you show up early. It's why I try to dress. All those things that people think don't matter, it matters. they matter. And you know what? You say they don't matter, but you're sitting around bitching, moaning, and complaining. And here's the thing for me. The struggle for me is the amount of people that listen to people that don't have any money. Like, the stuff <laughs> I have doesn't excite me. 
You know what I mean? Like you're like, how was your flight? Good, dude. I don't fly commercial. I mean, it's a private jet. It's a lot better. There's no TSA. I pull my car up like to here, and then the plane's here, and I gotta walk into here. And then Two it flies, it lands, and it walks. I I, pull, I get out. I walk into the car that I get, and then I drive over here. So it's it's always awesome. That doesn't make anything other than, dude. They're expensive. You have to make money. You have to make money to fly them. Yachts are expensive. You know, my buddy's like, how do you use it to go to Miami game? I go from our place, sure you can. The fuel's 800 bucks. He's like, $800? I'm like, $800. And you're a grown man, so you can use my boat, but you pay for the fuel, the captain, the stew. You pay for all that stuff, dude. And I, I don't say that because what I always like to say to people, like, and it's not like it's uh, it makes you who you are, but you can't be given business advice if you still broke his shit. And unfortunately, a lot of folks are doing that. And I think, uh, you know, way, where I grew up, most everybody where I grew up, they do they had like a nice car and a few nice outfits, but they're broke. And the problem is like, I'm 50. You brought this up the other day. Dude, I didn't start making any money until I was- I want to touch on that. Till I was real money, till I was like 36. What would you, what's, because the people that's listening, they might be, you know, that's subjective to a lot of people. What's yeah. real money? I mean, I appreciate you asking the clarifying question. I never made more than $300,000 a year until I was 36. So you was 36? So I was 36. Never. Now, understanding growing up, because you asked about, about perspective, mm -hmm. I wanted to make 100 grand a year. Like I'm not, that was like, I thought I'd eventually be like rich. Nobody in my family made any money. So I started making a hundred grand a year in my twenties, but I was still starving. I didn't know how to get ahead. So my real estate license, I went and flipped houses and everything real estate related. And I kept my job. I got to be 36, got involved in life insurance. I made 300 grand. I was like, damn. And then I started looking around at the people making money. And I was like, Hey man, how much you make this year? And I was like intolerable with people. So I asked everybody really? how much. Oh yeah. I didn't care. And they'd be like, that's a weird question. I'm like, it's weird. You won't answer it. Why is it such a weird question? We're all in the same business together, dude. Shoot me straight. How much you make this year? You know, I'd be like, he won't tell anybody how much he makes. He's full of shit, obviously. Why he lying about something? Because he, he's not that proud. So right. for me, 36 years old. So for those of you that are out there that are 27, 28, 30, and you're like, man, these guys are rich. First of all, most of the people that tell you they're rich are not. This is, this is, the, man. This They're is the just not. So you have to understand that. That's why, that's when I start wanting to know, what do you drive, where do you live? Because if I'm going to be doing business with you, or I'm going to be lending you money, if I'm going to trust you, I just want to know that you're, that you have something to lose. People with nothing to lose are dangerous. I got stuff to lose. You got stuff to lose. You and I can walk out this building, walk two blocks and have, have somebody square up on us that we might be able to handle no problem, but that dude has nothing to lose. He slept on the sidewalk. You don't want to get arrested. Yep. I don't necessarily want to get arrested. I don't want to be on video beating the hell out of a guy that sleeps in a sleeping bag. Neither do you, Neither do but he ain't got nothing to lose. He's a dangerous dude. Now, dangerous in a bad way, like he'll do anything. What's he care? You give me a guy or girl that's broke as hell and gets in business with you. And all of a sudden the business goes bad. You, what do they got to lose? They turn on you, don't make a payment. They have nothing to lose, literally nothing. So uh, I think for me, don't get caught up in the fact that you're not where you want to be in three months or three years or two. And, and also this idea that you're going to start working at 20 and retire at 30. Like, no, let, guys, <laughs> let, let's There's like- so let, many people that believe that. Dude, like where, what world do you live in, bro? And I, I'll tell you, I work at a lot of, I hire a lot of guys in their 20s. And I tell them all the time, I said, I'm going to shoot you straight. And they're coming out. A guy the other day came in with his girlfriend. I said, let me shoot you straight, bro. You like her? 
He said, yeah, man, I love her. She's awesome. I said, okay, cool. I said, you don't make no money. At 18 and 20 and 21, it's cute for you to be broke. Somebody did. Everybody else is broke. You're getting to be almost 30. Give her a year or two. She's she's going to find a dude that ain't broke, and it ain't going to be you. And he might even be half as good looking as you. But she ain't going to be with your ass because you're broke. Not because she has to be taken care of by this dude, but she don't want to take care of a dude either. So you better figure your stuff out. So people, it comes up on you fast. It does. But, dude, you don't go from making 80 grand a year to making $27 million a year. <laughs> you, you go, like, I'm at 80. How can I get to a buck 50? Yeah. And if it takes you my first million, I didn't make my first million a year until I was 43. 43. 43. And, you know, man, like, and that's why I think that's all. Like, my kids are 19 and 21. It's so different for them because they're like, dude, we grew up with nothing. Like, we weren't broke, but, like, they got what they needed to get, but there was by no means the stuff that we have. So it's kind of like they've lived both ends of it, which is kind of weird, you know, to them. So, and then once I was at a million, I'm like, why can't I make 10 million a year? And then why can't I build a company and sell that for millions and millions? Why couldn't I sell something for 100 million? Why couldn't I eventually get to a billion? Like, why not? 100%. 100%. Like, what, why Why can't I? You know, and I think that's how I started thinking. But, dude, I didn't hit that. But I never stopped. Right. I didn't slow down in my 20s, in my late 20s, my 30s. I never stopped. It's so much you're touching on that, that I want to touch on, man. This, this is a powerful conversation. But with all the things you said, what do you say to people? Because I talk to people all the time that's around my age, maybe a little bit older, a little bit younger. And they feel like they're failures. Because they, they, they haven't accomplished what they thought they were going to accomplish by 28, 29. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm not a millionaire yet. Fuck, my life is over. I'm a failure. What do you say to people with that mentality? Well, first of all, it's, it's, it, you're not thinking the right way. So first of all, I say, based on that, how did you def- who, who says you're a failure? Number one, who says you're a failure? Do you say you're a failure to somebody else? Like, who's telling you you're a failure? You know, and they'll usually tell me, well, I just feel like a failure. Why? I'm a big question asker. Why do you feel like a failure? Well, I just feel like I have to be further ahead. Okay, got it. How old are you? 28. Okay, dude, would you prefer to feel this way at 28 or at 80? Well, of course at 28. You have the rest of your life ahead of you. Here's the good news. Everything you've done from 20 to 28 ain't worked. So now we know a lot what to do. (laughs) We stop, let's be honest, we stop doing the things you've been doing from 20 to 28. Because a lot of times what it is for people is there's things in their lives they can't handle. And it screws them up. Could be a relationship. Could be drinking. Some people drink and ain't no problem. They can drink. Dude, I could drink till 3 in the morning. I used to go to college, play baseball, get up, practice, go to school, get done, drink all night, go to UPS, work there from 1 a.m. to about 5 a.m. part-time, 20 hours a week, drunk, sober up, do it again. I drink seven days a week. I could do that, but I couldn't get ahead. I could survive doing that, but I was not thinking during the day about what can I do today. I know I was in college, but I was just, I had brain fog. Plus, I did stupid shit when I was drinking, right? There's some people that sit around that are talented that'll sit around and get high all day long. Well, dude, their job is to be creative and get high. They're fine. That ain't you. You have to be up and moving. So you have to figure out the things in your life. It could be the way you eat. It could be your sleep. It could be the person you listen to. It could be where you live. It could be a million things. But you, most people just continue from 20 to 28, what they did, the rest of their lives. Then they're like, I just never got my break. No, you had a break. See, there's no such thing as a break. There's no part of me that's been like, I have a deep faith in God, and I believe if you do the right thing, God will put your hands on you, give back, you're, ob- you're obligated to give back. But I don't think all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know what, today is, today, man, that's going to be Sean's break. Today's just Sean's break. If you're waiting for your break, it ain't coming. You have to go get it. 
And for me, it was like, you're 28 years old, you have the world, you have your whole life ahead of you. And what are you judging that on? Who's told you? And by the way, here's the funny thing. I get dudes who will call me about their podcast and they're 28, 30. And dude, they're bro. And, I, and they want to talk. And I'm like, dude, what do you want to talk about? Like, you can pay me to come on. But what do you want to talk about? Like, you're not going to talk about teaching them to make money, right? Because you don't make no damn money. If you want to teach them about how not to make money, like if you want to come on and go, hey, man, my new guest, bro, Tim's going to kill it. He's broke as shit. He's going to tell you what he's doing. And don't ever do what Tim does. Today is opposite day. Do the opposite of Tim. But they don't do that. You know, and I think what I'm doing right now, I interrogated my reality. Mm, interrogated my reality and I interrogate other people's as well but I interrogate mine first and foremost what's the questions you ask to interrogate your reality man I ask myself how that made me feel right like today how did you feel today based on how hard you worked or did you make a difference or when you interacted with that group or that business or you launched this or you pitched this how did you feel and I always want to come up with three things I would have done differently I rarely go man I just killed it like, I felt really good about being with you last time, but I was like, man, I need to get, like, I'm always trying to get better. I'm like, what could I have done better? What would I want to talk about? Did I make sure I listened to him the entire time when he asked his questions? Man, he was really good. Was I appreciative enough? Like, I, I, last time I was like, I need to be more appreciative. And I, I hope I was, but I was like, no, that, yeah, but were. to me, I was like, I need to be more appreciative. Like, when I end, I need to be more appreciative. So that's my, I'm, and I, I ask questions that are hard to answer. They hurt. You know, when, when you're, it's like I used to put my debt on my refrigerator. When I felt bad about the way I looked physically, dude, I, I would literally walk in front of a mirror and take a picture every day. I didn't like go like, oh, here's my progress, but I want to know what I look like. And I'd be like, shit. But I didn't want to hide from it. Because what most people do when they look bad is walk by the mirror and don't look. Don't look. They put the towel up higher, wrap it tight, don't look in the mirror. Bro, you know how you look. You know how you feel. I want to know straight up. I wanted to look at my bank balance. I wanted to look at what was going on. If I've lost, I have a business that I've invested in. I can't, I, I almost, one day I'll be able to. And right now I'm in well over a million dollars. I haven't got a dollar out of that thing. Okay, now we, who knows if we will or we won't, you know? But but I that's one of the things I think about. Now it doesn't affect me as much anymore, but back in the day, I put a lot of my net worth into it at the time. You're talking about 10 years ago. I was piling money into it. And it's a legitimate business. It's where we are. And there's a lot of factors into it about what we can and can't get. But I used to like always think about it. Like, I'm pretty sure that was a mistake. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I didn't forget about it. I didn't go like, ah, out of sight, out of mind. So you got to do that with yourself. And at 28, your reality is, dude, you're going to be fine. Take a breath. Most of the people that are 28 that tell you they're rich are lying to you. Yep. Everybody that tells you they bought this and bought that and got into crypto and did this. NFT. Dude, most of them didn't make any money. This is a fact. They tell you the success story. They just don't tell you the failures, the multiple failures they've had. This is a fact. This, man, so let me ask you this. you 50 now. Mm -hmm. Was life, do you feel like, was life better for 30-year-old Sean Mike or 50-year-old Sean Mike? Dude, life is better for 50-year-old Sean Mike. Mm. Yeah, life is, um, I feel more at peace. Really? Um, yeah, I was, I never thought I'd be in a place where I'm an addict straight up at it like exactly. alcohol drugs sober 22 years and then i became addicted to work straight up like i became like i'm like i have to work seven it. days a week i, I have it. to like that's just i'm addicted and i've really been able to kind of go let me find a way to have passive income because when you have passive income you'll be addicted to the result 
but not the work. And once that starts happening, you're like, okay, wait a minute, I can structure this business and it will spit off this much money from every month. I can do this affiliate deal over here, it'll spit me off this much. I can set these things up and I can get paid on a regular basis to do this. And I don't have to continue to have my efforts just create my wealth, right, my income. And so for me, I'm at a lot more peace. And what I've been able to do, I think I feel real good about the people I brought with me. I mean, I look around and I see a lot of people that I had some impact on them making money, which has been super cool. You know, I've helped them sell businesses, structure things. It's not always been perfect, but I feel like I've made a difference. So 30-year-old Sean Mike was like, had a kid, another one on the way, scared to death, broke, working, come from a, you know, a background where people had no money. I had nobody to mentor me. And I think I was probably scared of what it was going to look like. 30-year-old Sean Mike was wondering how he was going to send his kids to college. And I ain't remotely on my radar now. No, they can go wherever they want, whenever they want. That, that's that's so interesting because I feel like oftentimes people around my age, is like we look at the age 50 as the end. And we're like, oh, shit, I'm done for. And we think this time, you know, the YOLO mentality is like, man, this is the greatest time of our life. We're in our 20s, our mm -hmm. early 30s. This is the best time we ever going to have without realizing. And the reason I ask that question is because every successful person I ask that's at your age, it's like, man, this is the best time of, of my life I've ever had. So 100%. I try to get people that's younger to understand lives get better as you get older as long as you're handling business. And what I was doing at, at 30, dude, most people weren't doing it at 28. I was learning. I was watching. I watched Watch successful what? people. That's okay. I watched. Uh, I read a lot about business. Did you? I watched just purely business shows. That's if it. I got around, if I got around people, I interviewed them. Dude, you give me a second. I went and did whatever I could do to get around people. I went when The Apprentice, the show came out forever ago. I went and auditioned for that. And my buddy's like, why are you going to audition for that? I said, because it's in New York City. I sat outside in the rain for five hours, okay? And I met all kinds of people. I met the, the, the people that were doing the show. I wasn't really excited about meeting Donald Trump. I just I was, was gonna, I was gonna ask you, did you meet him? Yeah, but dude, I like people that like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like egotistical people. I never have, and I never will. This, and I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, you ain't gonna hear me screaming stump for politicians. I, right, I worry right. about me. But I, no, he was with him, Melania, like cool, nice to see you, whatever. He didn't say nothing stupid to me, so I didn't say nothing stupid to him. He's walking around, shook some hands. Weird looking dude. I mean, I felt a lot better looking after I saw him. I was like, shit, I'm really good looking compared to him, you know. Um, but I, I got to meet a bunch of folks, and, you know, something happened in that. I was literally five hours in Trump Tower, New York City. You ever been to Trump Tower, New York City? Nope. So when you go in the hotel, you walk in, kind of walk, and then there's almost like an escalator. You kind of come back around like a U-turn, and you go downstairs, and downstairs is this beautiful restaurant, the whole deal, where they had all that sectioned off for the people that were trying out for the show. And it was big. It was like the second or third year. And um, I was literally like, you don't know what's happening. You're just in a line. You don't know what's happening. Because when the people are done, they go out a different exit. You never see them. Never so you don't know what they're You just know you're in line. You're applying for the show. You don't even know what that means. And I'm about... 20 feet from the rope, where I can start to see they're at tables. I see groups of about 15 people. I still don't know what's happening because nobody's talking. They're not allowed to talk. There's a lot of security. And all of a sudden, they stop us. And they're like, hey, everybody stop. We're bringing through the Wharton School of Business. And Wharton School of Business, I guess, is where he went. And, like, it's not cheap to go. And all these dudes, ladies and guys, came through. And I was like, you know what? Fuck them. Like, why the fuck they get to cut me? You know? But I sat like a good boy, right, waited. 
They sat down. I ended up sitting at they, and there was like a hundred of them. There were tables. There must have been twenty tables set up, fifteen people at them. So they bring us a table, and I'm, everybody at the table went to that school but me. I went to Eastern Connecticut State University. You've never heard of it. I went there to play baseball. Nobody's ever heard of it. Um, it was enrolling admissions. I mean, you applied, you got in. You, you, academic, they didn't care. So good, pretty good baseball team, but the academics was not, you know, anybody could get in. So and the, they basically were doing a group interview. So the moderator comes out, and she's like, all right, guys, here's the rules. We have 15 minutes. Um, it's a debate. And then the 15 minutes, we're going to do something else. We have 15 minutes. You have to respect each other's opinions. You can't get up from your seat, but you can communicate with each other outside of that. There's no other rules as long as you're appropriate and not, you know, don't do anything over the top. We're going to give you a topic. We're going to sound the buzzer and go. So the topic was, should prostitution be legalized? And I was like, shit, y'all are in trouble because y'all go to Wharton. You ain't never even you seen a prostitute. I've seen them on my street. But I, I, so I go in and I worked as a social worker already. So I started talking about Las Vegas and how it's regulated, how health, how the health concerns are less in other places and, and the violence and there's no need for, like I went through a lot of stuff where there, it's actually legal and how it's run, the health department, the whole deal. And this guy stood up and said, he actually stood up and they told him to sit down. He goes, how do, how do I know that your facts are true? And I was like, how can you prove they're not? And we went through the whole thing, and I do like, you had to vote for project manager. If you ever watched the show back in the day, you had to vote project manager, and they did, and then I, I won, right? And then they had to vote for who to fire. And everybody's like, oh, I guess I'd fire him, and i fire him. I was like, dude, and the guy right next to me, I was like, bro, I'd fire him. And they're like, why him? I go, we waited outside for five hours. Five hours in the pouring rain, and you sat here for 15 minutes, never opened your mouth once. That's awful. Five hours. Five hours. That's disgusting. Yeah. And then it was like, and then other people, like, we'd fire him too. I was like, yeah, you said because I said it. But I didn't want to be that guy in life. You give me 15 minutes or two minutes or five minutes, I'll fail, but I'm not going to sit there like, I don't know. What if they say something? What am I? I'm like, dude, you went to Wharton. I mean, how dumb can you be? I went to Eastern. He's how dumb can you be? I mean, you went to Wharton. got in. You can't be stupid. So I, I, I just, I, I think for me, it's just one of those things where, at that age, I look back on, I learned, dude. That was that day, I learned. I, I talked to people online. We didn't know what was happening in the show. I met people. I went back, I got selected to go back like three really? times. Yeah, I didn't, and they sent 16 people to California and I didn't get into that, which is probably because they're, I mean, I don't even know. It could have been multiple reasons, but they also run background checks probably. So um, I just get in trouble a lot. Who knows what, I don't know what happened or didn't happen. But, and there's a good chance if we got in a show and some dude started screaming at me, I might've fucking whacked him. Right. You know what I mean? If he got in my face, <laughs> but I was, I was young, you know? But, it, but I was always learning. Like that day, I took a day off from work. I had to work a weekend day to cover that day I missed. And I didn't do it for any other reason than be educated. I did not think I'd actually get on the show. I didn't think I'd even move on past that day. But I wanted to be around people that were entrepreneur and spirit making money. I wasn't excited that I shook Trump's hand. He wasn't going to call me. But like getting around people. I was on the phone the other day with Damon John. I'm like, dude, how did this even happen? How does that like, how this happen? Like, he's the nicest guy ever, right? Some stuff we talked, like, he came to our convention, we did a podcast with him, he's like, I'm working on these things over here, can we talk? And I'm like, dude, I'll talk to you whenever. But I'm just like, I just want to be around people like that. And and I'll do whatever I got to do, not because I'm enamored, because I'm starving to be educated to and be get educated. better. That's, you know, I got so, uh, I, I got some stuff I want to touch on, but where we, where we at on time? 31 minutes? I'm good for like another 30. Okay. So whatever you can We go another 30? We got to... 12 what? Okay, 12.30. 12.30 okay. be good. So what, uh, 
With that being said, you said you at, you at, at 28 you was asking questions, questions, yeah. questions. So what would 20 year old, 28 year old Sean Mike ask 50 year old Sean Mike? Well, I think what 28 year old Sean Mike would ask 50 year old Sean Mike was, um, what are three things that you changed over the next 22 years that allowed you to be more successful? Um, how did you keep focused? Once you made enough money where money really didn't matter because money mattered at 28. But by the time I got to be in the 40s, money didn't matter at all. Like, I don't, it's, it's very weird to say. Before and do, you got the money or post money? I'm saying now the money don't matter. Okay, okay. And, but it very much mattered to me. So what I would ask myself is how did you continue to work and grind once money didn't matter? Like, what was your motivation? That's another question. You know what I mean? And, and because that was always my thing at 20. And that's what happens to most of us. We, it's only about making enough money. And then once we hit that number, we just start coasting. The spark is gone. There's no, and, and again, if your only desire is to make money, I'm not mad at you, but I'm just telling you, like, when you said to me, dude, I want to make a difference. I want to speak into people's lives. I saw a lot of people struggling when I was in Chicago. I was like, that stuff, that's a purpose. And when you have a purpose, it's hard to fill that purpose because there's so many people always to, to help. <laughs> right, always but if it's purely just the money... Um, the money's a phenomenal byproduct of a phenomenal purpose. And I think for me, I'd ask myself that. I'd also probably ask myself what was the, you know, what was the hardest thing you, you know, you dealt with from 28 to 50? How'd you overcome that? And, uh, you know, my, my daughter, uh, she went to where I went to for one year. And then COVID hit, we left Connecticut College. Okay. And she's at LMU now, at a real school, real good academic school. <laughs> and, um, but, but when she was at, at Eastern, there was a guy there and they were like, would you like to donate? And I'm like, I went to school here, you know what I mean? Like I've done okay, and, but I said, only donate, I'll create a scholarship fund for people that don't have any money, that are underprivileged from this community, like Ryger, like from here, that's it. And they're like, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I go to meet with this guy and he meets with me, we talk for a little bit and I don't hear from him for like a month or two. And he sends an email inadvertently to me that he meant to send to his boss. And that subject, dude, this is 100% true, like all the stories I'll tell you, can make your life a lot easier. It said, he is more hat than cattle. That's how it started to his boss. So he was supposed to uh, assess the people that were donating and see if they were legitimately having money to donate. And then how much time should they spend to try to get them to donate. And I'm thinking, dude, it's Eastern, it ain't Harvard. You should take anything from anybody, right? And he went on to talk about why he did And I went in his shorts and a t-shirt, which like, okay. I had plenty of money at the time, but his rationale was, he said, Sean said, he went through all these things, the way I was dressed, he commented about that, right? So you can definitely miss the boat if you don't know people, right? But he said, Sean said he went through all these personal things in his life, went through a divorce, went through this, and in the same year he launched a company. Nobody could do that. So he tries to recall the email. Well, I've already printed it, so I got this shit in my hand, okay? So I hope he watches this, that'd be actually really good. And uh, so I had that email in my hand. And so he says the email goes, hey, I'm sorry about that. I recalled the email. I said, don't worry, I already printed it. And he never called me because he doesn't know what to say, I'm right? Scared. So two years later, dude, my daughter is going to school there. So I show up. I said, I'm going to go to the fool's office. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, oh, my God. I, 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 he starts smiling. I didn't mean I said, no, you meant everything. Hey, you meant everything in the email. You meant it all. Okay? But I need you to understand stuff. I don't know who you think you're on. I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like to hear. And if he was on, he'd tell you this is exactly how it happened. Just because in your life, every time there was a trial or tribulation, you chose to run like a bitch, doesn't mean everybody else does. 
So he's like, well, I thought you were going to send to my boss. I said, I'm not going to send it to your boss. But my daughter does need a parking space. I mean, there are only so many. She does need a parking space. And she don't like her dorm room right now. She don't need no one of the other ones with another somebody. She just needs those two things. I mean, no big deal. Simple. And if she don't get those things, it's no big deal. I just send them an email, like forward it, because I'm just trying to look out for the university. Or she gets to me just go like, life is good. I don't even remember what you did. My issue with people is that's how most people think. What you're doing, if you were to tell people, here's how much I make doing this, most of the people would go, he's lying. They he's, definitely would. He's lying. Because <laughs> they would say he didn't have any background. Yeah. His mom and dad didn't put him into business. He didn't. They would say something. That's how people think. You're right. You're right. But that's that's a hell of a um, that's a hell of a segue back to something that you said earlier. When it, it really is really sticking with me because I was just at a school recently. Talk speaking with high schoolers. They got it was like a top business school in the country. It was a high school I was at, and they have a podcast program. When I was went talking to the students and I was telling them what I'm doing and they were telling them about my business and all that, and he was like, really? But you don't have on a suit. And I was like, um, not to talk like I'm the most successful person in the world, but I'm like, dude, I own my own business. I make good money. I don't have to wear a suit. Correct. I got the right to dress Correct. however I want to wear. Correct. And it goes back to what you said. You have to earn. You better believe it. You have to earn your right to wear and dress however you want to dress. Because oftentimes people will be like, like you said, this rapper's wearing this. LeBron's wearing that. It's like, dude, that's fucking LeBron James. You ain't LeBron James, You're not bro. LeBron James. <laughs> then you had 2500 in your bank account. You just can't pop up anywhere Correct. wearing anything and Expect respect. Expect respect from people. Correct. So that's that. That's that. That's uh. That's a really powerful message that really, really stuck with me, man. Because that's I something that I always people always talk to me about. They're like, man, I should be able to wear whatever the hell Earn I want to earn it, dude. You know, play hard. Hey, I've been on teams where the coaches are like, do this, or we're gonna, or we're gonna cut you. I'm like, okay, and I don't do it. And they didn't cut me. <laughs> they didn't cut you. No, they weren't gonna cut me. Too good. It's too good. <laughs> if it was basketball, I would have done everything because I wouldn't have good. But it's baseball or football. It's like, they ain't going to cut me. My buddy would be like, yo, you're going to be in trouble. I'm like, if you do it, you're in trouble. I ain't going to be in no damn trouble. Like, you have to know how it's not fair. Life's not supposed to be fair. It doesn't work that way. You know, I was watching, we were talking about this the other day. This cause People ask me all this stuff, and I don't know why, but like, they're like, yo, like, and I love, they like, go on about John Morant, right? And they're like, what yeah. happened? And Jalen Rose said something I heard, and it really messed me up. He said, you have to understand in basketball and in some sports, the athletes are expected to be role models. Yeah. But in other aspects of life, artists, whatever else, they would celebrate. You heard that? Yep. Okay. Heard now think about how crazy that is. First of all, that's a lack of parenting, mentorship, the whole deal. And also, I said to him, I said, he didn't commit no crime. Like nobody, like you can care. I, I have a gun. Always. We all do. You better believe it. You come, you, you come mess with me, you ain't got to worry about no video. Because I'm going to shoot your ass, you come at me. You come at me with a gun, I'm shooting you. I'm, just, I'm good. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you. Yeah. You get me first, you better keep going. Okay? But, but here's what's scary. Is we expect that, and part of that, now, actually, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why is that? Why do we expect NBA athletes, NFL athletes, why are they held to such a high standard? They can do things that are not a crime and be vilified for them. I think it's because the industry they're in, the, you know, the NBA, NFL is a multi-billion dollar industry, and they want to have a clean-cut image. And so, so is golf. So is tennis. True. But Na NASCAR dudes take guns out and shoot animals. 
Nobody gives a shit. Well, you don't, How come when you're golfing, you can't bring your cell phone in? How come when you go to a golf event, you ever been to a PJ event? I've mm -hmm. never been to one. Do you know I you, will be, though. Okay. I haven't been to one. The yet. most of the time, you can't bring your cell phone in. Do you know, know why? That. I didn't know that. Because you'll distract the poor little golfers. How come when shoot? How 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 come when question. kids pick up a basketball from the free throw line, we expect forty seven thousand people to cuss them out, scream, yell, and say stuff about their mamas, and in golf you can't raise your voice? How come? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, so what's the difference between most golf, most most guys in the PGA, most dudes in the NBA? Race, race, black and white, black and white. Yeah, simple. Now I don't know all the answers. I didn't create the rules. But all I know is you're hitting a ball at stationary. You're shooting a basketball. Ain't nobody moving. Matter of fact, they can't even move in the lane until you shoot it. So why is it okay to scream at the top of your lungs and try to strike? Matter of fact, cheerleaders wave stuff. They give people shirts. Why can't people that are fans of opposing golfers stand behind the green, off the green, and why can't they wave shit? Why not? Who? I mean, just who? I'm just who decided that? I have no. I have no idea. No idea. I'm, I'm trying to think of a reason. I, I don't can't know think either. Of it right now. And I'm just. I'm just trying to figure it out too. Yeah. So. But I'm just trying to, I, again, for me, I'm a big, dude, it's got to be a level playing field on some, in some capacity. And a lot of times you take the John Morant thing. If you as a parent have said, man, John Morant let my kid down, you fucking suck as a parent. John Morant can't let your son down. He don't know your son. Your son ain't going to know him. Your son's never going to call him on a cell phone. He's never going to show up at your son's birthday party. He ain't going to be at the graduation. He ain't going to be there when he has a question. But you are. So what parents do is they fucking blame other people because they don't want to parent. Parenting is hard. Doing it the right way. Parenting the wrong way is it's fucking easy. easy. I've seen a lot of people parent wrong. Like, they like, it's easy. You don't do shit. It's hard <laughs> parenting the right way. But it's just so messed up because, and that's my point, like, in your life as an entrepreneur, most of your folks are entrepreneurs. Find folks that are making money and having a real result. You're making money and having a real result. People should be asking questions. How about this? You get a lot of people commenting your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Do you get a lot of people send you questions? All the time. All the time. True story. I'm at, are they good questions? Most of the time, no. Yeah. No. Not, I, th I think 90% of the time, no. Every now and then it's like, oh, this is a really good question. But 90% of the time, it's the same. Yeah. If shit. I was 23 years old, shit, at my age, I'm doing podcast stuff. I'll wear you out asking you questions. I believe it. I will wear you out because I, I, I want it. the information. I believe it. And there'll be thought out questions. You know, you have to think the quality of your life will be based on the quality of the questions you ask. And whoever wins, whoever asks the most questions in a conversation wins. That's sales 101, bro. But the quality of your life will be based on the quality of the questions you ask. I'm a good question asker. And I don't think I have any innate talent. I'll work my ass off and I ask good questions. And I'm wide open to being educated. And I want to make... New connections like with people oh, like yeah, you, doing it. who doing are it. strong. Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, we're just getting started. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this this just the beginning, and this is my final. This is the final uh, question I have for you. So, for if you could talk to twenty eight year old Mike, because there's a lot of people out here that's listening, and watching, and they in a similar position that you was in at twenty eight, mm -hmm. thirty. What's what's the biggest piece of advice you would say to that person? Once you start, first of all, you have to have a, you have to work hard at your job. Take as much time, overtime, do whatever you can do to, to liquidate your job. Monetize your job best you can. Don't spend no damn money you don't need to spend. Mm. You're 28 years old. Don't spend it to impress. Don't spend it. It's okay to be broke and say you're broke at 28 because you're looking for bigger and better things. If the people in your life don't understand you're broke, 
and they're upset about it and they're pissed off and they want to hang out with you, good, don't hang out with them. Also find people at 28 that are heading where you want to head and only hang out with those folks. Limit your circle. I limited my circle pretty big time in my late 20s, early 30s. But also once you start making money, learn the power of leveraging that money. Find people that know how to leverage money. I've learned how to leverage money. I know how to borrow money. I know how to collateralize things. I know where to invest it. If you get big enough with your money, you can buy stuff as an institution. It's unbelievable what you can do investment-wise. So so many things that you need to learn. And I, I tell you this, through your travels, you need to find somebody who's real, whatever industry you're at, find the top people and wear them out, ingratiate yourself to them, become a mentee. Like, dude, you'd like to mentor people if they want to be mentored. Me too. But most of the time they ask you stupid stuff. I don't respond. And the stupid question, I'm like, I'm not just dumb, I'm not gonna respond. The good question, I'm like, do great question. And I'll even say, great question, boom, here's your answer. Sometimes I'm like, do give me your cell number, I'll call yeah. you and, and talk to you about it. But you have to go ahead and work your ass off to find those mentors and never let up, dude, and figure out what your purpose is. What is your North Star? Why are you doing this? Why on a daily basis when it gets hard? Because dude, everybody's good when they're winning. That's why in sports, when people talk right. shit when they're up, it's like, dude, you've been playing the whole game. Shut up. But guys and girls that talk shit the whole time, dude, I'm like, don't fuck with them. Michael's they, right they, the same thing. Yeah, they're down by 25 points talking shit. You're like, dude, he's serious. He thinks they're coming back. You know, and in life, you always have to be talking shit to yourself. Down, up, it doesn't matter. And then eventually what ends up happening, and I'll leave you with this, is the money's not your scorecard anymore. It's the difference you're making in the world, whether it's helping other people, whether it's paying it forward, whether it's mentoring, whether it's giving back to a charity, when that becomes your 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 currency, dude, the money, you make enough money, I can teach you how to continue to have enough money, what to use it for, how to get a good return on investment, how to find good people to help you with it, where to go private equity-wise, what else yeah. can you invest in, where can you have very little downside risk and instill a really good upside. So just find people who have been through it, dude. Beautiful message, man. But before I let you go, I want to say, well, first I want to say thank you again for blessing my platform and coming through thank for you, me. Man. I really appreciate that. And I really want to build this relationship. I want this to we, to we keep, will continue, do. continue we just to get started. Do yeah, definitely, man. But plug in all your stuff. People can follow you. Everything you got, you can just plug it. So, do we do our, our podcast, Punch Me in the Face? Concept is life's going to punch in the face, talk a lot about getting back up. How do you do it? What does it feel like? You know, I always wear my Punch Me in the Face shirts. That's what I had last yep. time. I was at a game the other day, guys like, I'll punch in the face. I was like, I punch back, motherfucker. You can definitely punch me in the face. You know what I mean? But life punches back. You got to be able to punch back with it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the best place. YouTube. Um, name is Sean, S H A W N. Last name is M E A I K E. Don't know why it's pronounced Mike, but it is with all those vowels. You can follow me on Instagram. You go to Punch Me in the Face. We got a quick 133 page book that we give the proceeds to the Dream Center in East LA. We sell that. We'd love to have you do it. Got some merchandise. We got to get some shirts. We got to get him Let's some shirts. We got to bring him back some shirts. Get him every color. He got to wear some of those. He'll look good in that. So, but uh, man, if you could follow me and, and uh, dude, I just want to connect with more people. Simple as that. Y'all follow Sean on all platforms. Y'all see the value he's bringing, so definitely tap into everything he's doing. And you guys can follow me on all platforms. I'm at Xavier C. Miller and the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. That's everywhere, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those platforms. And that's all I have for y'all on this episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace.